Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We now know the reason of the outage that happened on November 25th for the U.S. East 1 AWS Amazon Kinesis event. Amazon responded with a nice summary. It's a very long summary discussing, detailing what happened exactly, what was the cause, and there are lessons for us back in engineer that we can extract from this summary. How about we jump into it? So what I'm going to do in this article is that I'm going to do a TLDR for those who are just interested to know what happened exactly. So I, I drove a little bit of a nice nifty diagram because this is a very dry article to read. Um, so I'm going to do a TLDR and then I'm going to dive into the deep analysis. So uh, you see, you're going to see the YouTube chapters where you can jump into the interesting part of the video if you want to stay for the detailed analysis of the, of the article that I'm going to explain and go through and uh, kind of ask some unanswered questions that I don't have yet, and uh, staying on. So let's just jump into it. So guys, TLDR, let's let's go through the Amazon Kinesis architecture as described by this article. Amazon Kinesis have a bunch of back-end servers, and these are called back-end clusters. And each cluster is basically the core processing unit of those streams, right? Those click-throughs, these these uh, videos, these voice, any stream that you create in Kinesis lives on the back end, essentially. And to scale, naturally, we need to do sharding, as most companies do, right? So we have essentially many shards in a single back end for a single stream, data stream, right? So that's the idea here. So now, all of a sudden, we have many shards over many clusters so we need some sort of a mapping right so like okay backend one which is think of this as an ip address has two shards shard one and shard two and backend two has shard three and shard four so now the consuming part of this which is their front end fleet so that was the back end fleet that's where the front end fleet that was by the way what broke things down the front end fleet which accepts uh, the traffic from outside, whether it's customers or just another AWS services. So these front-end servers communicate with the back-end in order to write or read from a different shard based on what data stream you're reading. So they have this map. It says, okay, back-end one has shard one. Back-end one has shard two, right? And same thing, this machine has, this front-end machine has back-end two has shard three, and back-end two has also shard four. So those guys... In this case, I have only two. Those communicate with with each other. <laughs> very interesting, and and very 
very interesting choice of design, right? So all back, all front end machines or servers actually communicate with with each other to in order to say, okay, are you healthy? Are you alive? And here, by the way, we can, we're gonna exchange some of our this sharding information. They call this the shard map. So the shard map is the most important piece that we need to understand here, and those machines exchange those shard map as they change as as the shard map changes like let's say you as a customer added a new shard or removed a new shard these front end need to be updated right so they communicate with each other and exchange these shard map information so now they are in sync essentially right so what happened when i add a new machine Right? Let's add a new front-end machine, just increase the capacity. All of a sudden now, this new machine needs to communicate with this, this needs to communicate with this, and this needs to communicate with this. So, so you effectively, it's very similar to a peer-to-peer -peer architecture, right? So this communication, now this each machine has two, so essentially N minus one, right? So if you have N front-end machines, you have N minus one connections and each connection, it's it's the Apache model where each connection is a thread in the operating system. And I, this is very important, so a very important point. So each connection is a thread. So now we have two threads here, two connections, two threads, two connections, two threads. So it's just so we can parallelize the information as they come, right? And as a, as a result, we can sync all of them together. And that's not so bad if we have three machines. But Amazon have... They didn't specify the number, but they say thousands. My guess, it's my guess, <laughs> it's it's ten thousand, right? I, because that's the default uh, thread size that after the watch uh, the operating system just dies, right? So here's what happened, right? What happened is Amazon at five a.m. in the morning they added a new capacity. This just regular thing they do. They just they keep doing this. They increase the front end servers. The backend is happy. They just want to increase the front end so they can accept more requests and essentially decrease their latency, right? So now, when they added that extra machine, right? They have thousands of machines. All of a sudden, they started getting all sorts of errors, failures everywhere. And long story short, so here's what happened. The addition of the new capacity, the new front end servers, increased increased by a threshold that exceeded the number of maximum threads that any operating system can handle that that configuration for the operating system whatever the operating system here they didn't specify the number my guess is it's 10,000 so if you go beyond 10,000 all of a sudden you cannot spend more threads guess what if you don't spend more threads you cannot create new connections right to that new machine that just 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 join so god knows what will happen maybe it will create a new connection and will destroy another one from another machine so all of a sudden you have a corrupted shard map right because what's going on here it's like what is the source of truth we don't have a consistent view anymore these connections are severed so we there there are information that we need to propagate but we can't so we get errors and we get throttles as a result and we get also for errors and, and that wasn't easy to determine it took them a long time to to get to that uh reason so what they did is they actually said okay let's remove the 
the new capacity that we added and they restarted each machine in order to, for all of these to re-communicate slowly and they stopped the outside traffic so that um, essentially they don't get overwhelmed because these machines accept requests from the outside from other aws services and customers and they also accept requests from they their neighbors right whatever that means my guess is that everyone is connected to everyone and we have a specific passage paragraph saying that in 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 the summary it's like every machine is connected to every the other machine so now i have many questions and we're going to go dive deep into the details and like what exactly happened and before we jump into it go, let's go back so that was the summary so let's go let's go and uh, start reading this article and, and then kind of break it apart Amazon Kinesis enables real-time processing of streaming data in addition to its direct use by customers. Kinesis is used by other AWS services, okay, as we described. The services also saw impact during the event, right? Any outside words, which is AWS and customers, that's, to me, that's a big mistake. You're sharing, you're sharing resources between your internal services and external customers. These should be separated. And that's one of the solutions they did. In the end of the article, they say, okay, oh, th that was a mistake. We should not do that. <laughs> Let's separate those two. Uh, I mean, if you have confidence on the architecture, which they did initially, but it did not scale well. The trigger, though not the root cause for the event, was a relatively small addition of capacity that began to be added to the service at 2.44 a.m. Oh, so I was wrong. So it was in the morning. They added in the morning and they saw they finished at 3.45 a.m. So it took an hour to add this. So here's here's the details now. Kinesis has a large number of back-end cell clusters that process streams. Those are the back-end architecture that we explained in the diagram. These are the workhorses in Kinesis. Provide distribution, access, and scalability for stream processing. Streams are spread across the back end through a sharding mechanism owned by a front end fleet of servers. Those are the front end that we explain. A back end cluster owns many shards and provide consistent scaling unit and fault isolation. Yeah, of course you need they, they probably they are they are replicated, they're uh, everywhere, they're not just uh, they're just not unique right you have to duplicate in case in case of a fall let's say what, what if a backend server f or cluster fall uh, fail right you need to kind of do a load balancing on that the front end job is small but important it handles authentication that's something i didn't explain so it authenticates it throttles which they actually implemented during the outage they throttle everyone and request routing to the correct stream shard that's the most important one the capacity addition was being made to the front end fleet each server in the front-end fleet maintains a cache of information, including membership details, shard ownership for the back-end cluster, called a shard map. That's, that's the word we talked about. This information is obtained through calls to a microservice vending the membership information. So the membership information, I don't know what's exactly the membership here. Uh, are we talking about uh, the actual Amazon memberships? Like, hey, are, are you authenticated or not? I guess the authentication part of it. Retrieval of configuration information from DynamoDB and continu continuous processing messages from other Kinesis front-end servers. That's, that's the peer-to-peer -peer communication that we, that we showed. 
For later communication, each front end server creates operating system threads, and there is a threads with an S for each of the other. That's what made me realize that it's a peer to peer almost like everyone is communicating to everyone. That's just very bizarre architecture, in my opinion. I still don't know what kind of information being exchanged between all these machines. And do can you just have a centralized system to store the cache? That's the first thing that I was like, whoa, why are you guys communicating between each, each other? It's just very inefficient. We tell people, hey, peer-to-peer is great for a few people, for a few machines, for a few participants. But the moment you exchange and, 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 and explode to multi-hundreds, multi it just doesn't scale, right? We know this, the mesh architecture, right? But any addition of capacity, the servers that are already operating members of the fleet will learn of new servers joining and establish the appropriate threads. It takes up to an hour for an existing fleet member uh, fleet member to learn of a new participant. That exactly, that's the time it took them, right? They added the machines at 2.44 a.m. They finished 3.44, exactly an hour, right? <laughs> so it tells you that is extremely inefficient. Why would an adding of a single machine takes an hour to update? Can we make it better? Again, guys, we don't know a lot about the background of the architecture before we judge, right? There must be a reason for everything. Uh, I'd, I'd like to always... Uh, before assertion any asserting anything i like to know the reasons and to us we don't know so there must be a good reason for everything those companies do right we just don't know it yet in this paragraph they explain that exactly when they started to see the error at 5 a.m so it took around one hour one hour and a half to start seeing the first alarms again the teams uh, started uh, reading the logs and see what, what exactly what happened or oh, what what did we do we added a capacity <laughs> what's wrong we add capacity all the time why now so they they immediately started removing the capacity even removing the capacity is slow they the diagnosis work was slowly by very uh, was slowed by variety of errors observed because it's all the wild wild west now right because yeah if i can't communicate with the other server and you get cascading errors and you get some weird errors that oh i don't know I, I i can't access a server maybe you just try to access a server that uh, a backend that has been removed but you just didn't get the updated shard map to know that it has been removed or a, a new shard that has been removed and you're connecting to a shard that doesn't exist so you start getting these errors but you have to put two and two together and, and that's absolutely difficult so i can totally relate to that because in my career i've seen so many errors i mean just the other day i've seen an error that took us a lot of i don't know what took us like three hours to find out the root cause of and has the the the, the error has nothing to do with the root when you first read it, it's like, what, what, why? And uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you, if a lot of you guys can relate to that, can you, in the comment section, just write what is the most interesting diagnostic and troubleshooting experience? If you can share it, that is right, of course. So here's, they say, like, we're, we just want to go back. We just want to go back. We just want to go back. So they're starting to go back and remove the 
extra capacity they added so they can just restart the system and go back but again if you do that again remember every machine you introduce takes an hour according to them right so if you removed everything you have to remove everything because guess what all the front ends now have corrupted shard maps there's no solution you have to destroy all the restart every single front end and every front end you introduce and you add another one takes an hour 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 so that that's why it took a long time to actually retrieve that so they need to work on a better uh, their cold start problem apparently because they have a slow cold start here hey, there you go there is where they actually find out at 9:39, we were able to confirm the root cause and it turns out this wasn't driven by memory pressure rather than a new capacity had caused all the servers in their fleet to exceed the number of maximum number of threads allowed by an operating system configuration they didn't say what that number is or was as the limit was being exceeded cache construction was failing to complete and front-end servers were ending up with the useless shard maps and left them unable to route requests to backend cluster that's exactly what we talked about right or they they try to communicate with with backend clusters that just doesn't exist anymore right or don't exist we didn't want to increase the operating system limit without further testing because that's the first oh oh since we know let's just increase it it's not tested you have not tested that so and that's just if you're if you if you're adept in software engineering you know you don't try something you never tried before in production <laughs> that's just a recipe for disaster and uh, we had just completed the removal of additional capacity that we determined that the thread count would no longer exceed the operating system because they know that it worked before so let's just stay as uh, let's just remove the capacity that we added so we go back to the existing number of threads which didn't ex exceed right we begin bringing back the front-end servers with the first group of servers taking kinesis traffic at 10 a.m the the front end um so they, they started rolling back starting everything at 10 a.m in the morning that's the morning of 25 i guess uh, the front end fleet is composed of many thousands of servers many thousands they didn't say how much and for the reasons described earlier we could only add servers at a rate of a few hundred per hour so they can add a few hundred per hour oh all right it's not just one server per hour. yeah okay that make kind of make better sense we continued to slowly add traffic to the front end fleet with the kinesis error rate steadily dropping from the noon onward kinesis fully returned to normal at 10 23 p.m pacific standard time that was a long outage i'm glad i'm glad they actually wrote this this is good this is really good it does leave me thirsty for more answers though and i have more questions for kinesis we have a number of learning that we will be implemented immediately so they they learned from this outage like any software engineer should you have a disaster and you learn from it it's like how can i prevent this and this big company that's the first thing they they tell each other say hey all right no big deal you guys did this what could you do to to prevent this that's the cto will immediately say that what can we do to prevent this in the future in the very short term we'll be moving to a larger cpu memory reducing the total number of servers that's a hack in my opinion <laughs> 
let, let me explain what happened and, and why I think it's a hack. Because they have smaller servers with smaller CPUs, so they have ma- they need more and more front ends in order uh, in order to kind of accept that X amount of load or requests, right? So they said, okay, and we can't really have a lot of front end because our architecture doesn't scale as a peer-to-peer system, right? Because these machines are communicating with each other. So let's minimize the number of, uh, of servers that we need. Yeah, that might work, but you still have a lot of servers that communicate with, you, with each other, and we still don't know what are they communicating, right? Are they communicating just the cache map? You, they're gonna say they say, hey, we move the cache into a centralized cluster, and all the front end will just read from the cache. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it's a centralized server, but still, the centralized server cluster is is still a many machines, but they're not gonna be at more than ten machines, and, and, and that's enough, right? Because and those can share the the cache and they propagate the cache nicely but and then all the fleets can just read from this centralized cache but regardless they say okay we'll just minimize the number of servers make them vertically scalable instead of horizontally hence the threads required by the server across the fleet will be minimum essentially uh yeah i don't know about this one i think they have to revise their architecture in my opinion this will provide significant headroom in the thread count used as the total thread each server must maintain uh, is directly proportional to the number of servers in the fleet. Well, we know that. Having fewer server means that each server maintains fewer thread because now because it's the thread is one to one to the front end server almost, right? So we know that if you have n front end, it's n minus one according to our graphic. But that might that calculation might not be accurate. I've just made it up. Because they say threads, so it could be actually more than one thread for each server, so it could be double. Who knows? And as a result, it could be just expanding. And we still don't know why front ends, these front ends are, are talking to each other. Are they heartbeats? Can we just do uh, neighbors? Maybe they're just uh, they talk to each other. I'm just again, I'm just making some assertions. Yeah, I'm not necessarily correct. Um, my guess is that these are heartbeats to detect if a front-end machine has went down in order to remove it from the fleet. That's just an, uh, a guess. But even though, can we have a better approach without communicating with each other? Because you, you need to communicate with each other. I mean, Cassandra does that, right? Cassandra and their sh- uh, shard, right? And their sharded, uh, sharding system they have a shard rank, and if you add a new system, it just talks to the neighbor because it's a shard rank. It's not a shard peer mesh. It's not a shard mesh. It's a shard rank. So if you add a new shard, it just says, hey, I'm a new shard. Can I have uh, three, uh, can I have, uh, I don't know, half a gig from you and half a gig from you, and I'm going to saturate you a little bit. Let me get my traffics from you. So, so yeah, there are some communication, but it's just very minimum. Right, instead of taking from the all fleet, that's something Cassandra. Again, I'm I'm buying me wrong, but I believe Cassandra fixes that that limitation in Dynamo. Dynamo was taking from everyone, right? Uh, so when Shard entered the ring, it was taking from everyone, so it's saturating the network of whether if a Shard leaves or enters. Okay, while Cassandra they just took from the sides. <laughs> mm, there is. 
there is there is a slight again i'm making all of this stuff up because don't don't take my word for granted but it's just analysis that's what we do we analyze back and if you don't have answers we analyze why we could be wrong of course we could be wrong who cares i'm not saying that this is the truth i'm just saying i'm an analysis and you guys are gonna have hundreds of comments that you guys analyze and i love those analysis that's what we do we analyze we are back engineers we make assertions let's continue so that's my guess right so yeah peer-to-peer and this mesh architecture i don't think it's working i i my opinion is just unless they are doing something that cannot justify that communication but i don't know we are moving front-end cache to a dedicated fleet there you go that's what when i first read the articles like why don't you move the cache in a dedicated cluster (laughs) as a result they just did right so the cache is now a dedicated fleet so maybe it's a smaller fleet so but they still yet they're still uh, insisting on the communication between all the front-end servers and i don't know why i'm so curious to know if you move the cache then those front-end stinking servers don't need to talk to each other right you just moved it to a fleet right so you communicate to that fleet and that's it we will also move a few large aws servers like aws to a separate partitioned front-end fleet okay so they're also moving these th- these guys so it is not de- depending on a uh, kinesis as much in the medium term we will greatly accelerate cellularization of front-end fleet to match what we've done with the back-end all right, so they, they're going to shard the front end too. Cellularize. I'm not familiar with that word, guys. If you know, what I don't know what that is. Cellularization is an approach we use to isolate the effect of failure within a service. Okay. And to keep the components of the service, in case of the shard map cache, operating within a previously tested and operating range. Okay. Are they sharding the cache? This had been underway for the front end fleet in Kinesis, but unfortunately the work had not been completed. Now they explain like why other services went down as well. So there are a number of services that uses Kinesis that impacted. Amazon Cognito, a lot of you guys in the previous video that I made uh, mentioned that Cognito went down, right? So Amazon Cognito uses Kinesis data stream to collect analyze analyze API access pattern. So Amazon Cognito uses Kinesis data stream to collect and analyze API access pattern. Can you guys opt out of this as a customer? For, for people who uses Kinesis, let me know in the comment section. Can you guys opt out of this analysis of the API pattern? Because I don't know. Do you even know that they are doing this? The analysis of API access pattern. I don't think you can opt out. They, they just want to optimize. So they analyze these patterns, API access. While this information is extremely useful for operating the Cognito service, this information streaming is designed to be best effort. Data is buffered locally, allowing the service to cope with latency or short period of unavailability of the Kinesis data system. So there is some buffering going on, right? Unfortunately, the prolonged issue with Kinesis data stream triggered a latent bug in the buffering code that caused Cognitus. Oh my God, that is genius. Okay. A latent bug in the buffering code that caused the Cognito observer to begin to block 
on the backlogged Kinesis data stream buffer. So I guess the buffer, you cannot just, because the Kinesis was down, you still, uh, Cognito started buffering, 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 and I guess it ran out of buffer or triggered a, a bug with the buffering code. As a result, Cognito has experienced elevated API failure and increased uh, latencies for Cognito user pool and identity, which prevented external user from authenticated or obtaining temporary AWS credential. My God. Look at, at analyzing an API, which is something you don't want to do, right? It's just collects and analyze API. This is as a side effect. It's, it's, it's not something that has to do with Cognito. Yet, it brought down the Cognito web servers. There is a big lesson for us to learn here, guys. You ain't gonna need it. If you're not gonna need it, don't add it to the feature, right? Because, yeah, look at this. This is, oh my God. So in the early stages of the event, the Cognito team worked to make it, mitigate the impact of the Kinesis error by adding additional capacity and therefore increasing their capacity to buffer calls um, to buffer calls to Kinesis. Okay, so they just increase the buffer capacity so that they buffer more instead of failing. All right. I'm glad that Amazon is doing that, by the way. It takes, it takes guts to write this, right? <laughs> telling you like, guys, well, by the way, we're doing this. We're collecting this API stuff. I know it's, that has nothing to do with Cognito, but yeah, it actually brought your server down. Although the Cognito team did, literally didn't do anything, right? Their server is up and running. They have just a bad code so that when I try to buffer this analysis API for Kinesis, they can't send it anymore, right? They always started buffering, 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 collecting all these APIs to be analyzed, but they, I guess, crashed the server. Okay, can't, can't take more. This should be like stored somewhere, but they, they fixed that. I'm glad they actually fixed that very quickly. All right. While this reduced the impacts by 7 a.m. PST error rates increased significantly. The team was working in parallel on a change to Cognito to reduce the dependency on Kinesis. There you go. That's, the, that's what they should do. There should not be a dependency between Cognito and Kinesis. Because Cognito's... What is Cognito? Let's search about that. Oh, so it's an identity system, essentially. You can log in with Facebook, Amazon, Google using Cognito, essentially. Okay. Uh, let me know, guys, if I get that right. But yeah, that's what it is. To reduce dependency on Kinesis. So they started working on that. And 10 a.m. deployment of this change began and error rate began falling. Okay. Okay, that's, that's wow, guys. Those are badass. They implemented reducing the dependency in few hours. Some engineers, man. Those are badass engineers. Guys, I, I want to give a shout out for all the Amazon AWS engineers that worked on this and managed to fix this. You guys are the real hero, in my opinion. Because that must have been very stressful. Right? I should have started with this. Guys, kudos and a great job. Like from all the teams. Look at this. The Cognito team has nothing to do with Kinesis, but it went down. And they immediately started implementing a fix to reduce the dependence on Kinesis. That tells me that there's there's a fluidity when it comes to Amazon. And there's like every, every team is like reactive, which is great. I like this. It's not like a centralized 
entity that makes the order. They just otherwise it's gonna slow down. All right, let's continue. In 10 a.m. Uh, 10 a.m. the morning, deployed of this chain began, and error began rate, uh, fa failing. By 12 p.m., error rates were significantly reduced, and 2 p.m. Cognito was operating normally. The prevent to prevent a recurrence of this issue, we have modified the Cognito web servers so that they can sustain Kinesis errors without exhausting their buffers. Okay, so they fixed that bug so that it's like okay, even if Kinesis fa failed we still can continue normally, which is awesome. This is what, yeah, because that extra server that we're doing has nothing to do with the main job of Cognito, right? They should be independent list coupling. CloudWatch uses Kinesis data stream for processing metrics and logs data. Starting at 5 a.m. PSD, CloudWatch experienced increasing uh, error late and latencies for the put metric data and put log API. And that makes it like CloudWatch has to go down because it is dependent on Kinesis. Unlike Cognito, which is like a side thing. Hey, we're going to analyze the logs. Let's just, any API call that we make, we're going to analyze it. Let's put it in Kinesis so we can stream it and analyze it later. Right? So as we do that, that should not affect it. But CloudWatch, yeah, it is, it is its main dependency. So of course, it's going to go down. CloudWatch experienced increased errors, and we said alarms transition to insufficient data state. Ugh, why? While some CloudWatch metrics continue to be processed throughout the event, the increased error rate on latencies prevented the vast majority of metrics. While some CloudWatch uh, metrics continue to be processed throughout the event, increased error rate and latencies prevented the vast majority of metrics from being successfully processed. At 7.30, 7.47 p.m., CloudWatch began to see early signs of recovery as Kinesis data stream availability improved, right? Because uh, I think that their front end started, I think they, they, they give the priorities to, to CloudWatch so they, they can uh, uh, spin up all these services and, and get it up and running. And by 10.30 p.m., CloudWatch metric and alarm fully recover delayed metrics and log uh, subsequent all right so we we know that okay this is dependent this service is dependent that's good the cognito one was really interesting <laughs> in my opinion two services were impacted as a result of the issues with cloud metrics my god look at this it's a chain it's a cascading chain so cloud flag metrics first Reactive auto-scaling policies that rely on CloudWatch metrics experience delays until CloudWatch metrics begin to recover. So this thing that's called auto-scaling policies dependent on CloudWatch, which depend on Kinesis, which depends on their internal architecture, the front end. And, and once something fails, all of the other cascading things just cascades and fail. Oh, this one is interesting. Let's see. As, and second, Lambda saw impact. Lambda functions, the, this, the serverless uh, functions. Lambda function invocations currently require publishing metric data to, cloud, uh, to CloudWatch as part of the invocation. Lambda metrics agents are designed to buffer metrics data locally for a period of time if CloudWatch is unavailable. All right, that same thing we saw with Cognito, it's buffering stuff. Starting as uh, it's buffering stuff locally so that um, it can send it at a later time. Starting 
15 a.m. This buffering metric data grew to the point that it caused memory contention on the services other host of Lambda invocation. That makes perfect sense. Like uh, if you have like a Lambda services, right? You execute a, a serverless like function. That serverless Lambda talks to CloudWatch, which talks to Kinesis, which is down, right? So that service decided to buffer things in memory. And as request comes in, so the buffer the buffer causes the, the the memory to grow, and as the memory grows, your Node.js serverless function cannot no longer execute, resulting in errors. It feels so good when you actually understand what's going on, man. That's really good. It's like just understand, like oh, this is because of this. This is because of this. Everything has a cause and effect. At ten thirty six a.m., engineers took the action to my to mitigate the memory contention, which resolved the increase. So so lambda was fixed very early, right? Those the lambda engineers they just said, hey, wait a second, why are we buffering this thing? Let's just maybe flush it to disk or something like that. They didn't say that, but I'm just assuming they flush it to disk. Otherwise, why would you keep it in the memory? This is useless, useless information, right? <laughs> I'd rather execute the user's data function rather than keep it in memory. Some some metrics. CloudWatch events and event bridge experienced increased API errors and delays in event processing starting at 5 15 a.m. As Kinesis availability improved, Event Bridge began to deliver new events and slowly process the backlog of older events. Elastic Container Service, sheesh, and Elastic Kubernetes Service both make use of Event Bridge to drive internal workflows uh, used to manage customers' clusters. This impact provisioning of new cluster delayed scaling of existing cluster and man. This one is serious, guys. I couldn't, I didn't realize how serious this thing is. So Amazon Kinesis is the heart of the entire AWS system, looks like it. Man, that wasn't a fun day for AWS. I wonder if uh, the AWS Amazon uh, stocks will go down after this. Because that, that kind of... Because now... As they started revealing that architecture, people will have second thoughts like, holy, this thing is first, it's proprietary. Second, they have a centralized system. Everything is relying on this Kinesis thing. And if this Kinesis went down again in the future, I don't know. People might lose trust in Amazon. What do you guys think? Let me know. It's just nuts that everything is relying on Kinesis. I I did not know that. Outside of the service issue, we experienced some delays in communicating service status. Yeah, I saw that. Like even, we cannot even tell you that the service is down. Because our service, the, the, I'm going to kill myself if this the service status page depends on Kinesis. Let, let's read this out. By the way, I, I didn't read this bottom. I only read the interesting part, <laughs> the beginning. So I'm reading this for the first time with you. We have... Two ways of communication during the operation events. The service health dashboard, which is our public dashboard to alert customers of board operational issues, and personal health dashboard, which we use to communicate directly with impacted customers. With an event such as this one, we typically post to the service health dashboard during 
the early part of this event we were not we were unable to update the service because the tool we use to post these updates itself uses cognito <laughs> which was impacted by the event i don't mean to laugh it's just it's just funny the dependency tree it's like this tells me that amazon better gets their ducks in the row and make kinesis really scalable it's not scalable today they have to solve the cold star problem they have to stop this peer-to-peer -peer mesh architecture that they have the service the front-end services should not talk to each other if they don't have to again we don't know the story behind it maybe there is a good reason that for them to have to talk because nobody i didn't see an architecture where machines talk to each other in this verbose manner it's just i don't know i don't think that's a good idea because it's not scalable but yet amazon is the biggest cloud provider so what do i know so yeah so the the, the cognito is this identity provider and it looks like it's, it's a web server so it depends on the service health dashboard which uses cognito which uses which which fires up this analytics um, uh, api metrics to kinesis which was down and before because of the buffering bug in cognito that was impacted for a few so they, they fixed cognito which fixed any upstream services or downstream man this this is overloaded i guess it's downstream which was impacted by this event we have backup means we have backup okay english we have we have a backup means of updating the service health that has minimum service dependencies yes while this worked as expected we encountered several delays during the earlier part of the event in posting to the service health as it is it is more manual and less familiar for uh support operators okay so because it's a manual process they weren't updating as much so they were relying on the automated i mean as they should they should rely on automation i mean who knew this will happen this is this is a great lesson for all engineers thank you amazon for being so generous and writing this summary we love you for this to ensure customers were getting timely update the support team used the personal health dashboard to notify impacted customers if they were impacted by the service issues we also posted a global banner summary on the service dashboard to ensure customer during the reminder of the event uh, reminder of the event we continue using a combination of the service health dashboard with the global banner summaries and service details while also continuing to update impacted customers via personal health dashboard going forward we have changed our support training to ensure that our support engineers are regularly trained on the backup tools for posting service health. Okay, so they're, they're saying they had the service health, don't rely on the automated, do the manual thing where you just literally type it in, <laughs> then just, or, or use like, I don't know, their, their service. All right, that's, that makes sense. These, these, uh, these measures are great. Finally, we want to apologize for the impact this event caused for our customers. While we are proud for long track record of ability, and he says, "Yeah, you guys nailed it." I mean, I did not hear of a 
of a down uh, of an outage like this before on Amazon. Like, because I keep up to date with outages, and, and Amazon is a barely goes into outage. If it does, it's a few minutes and goes back up. So this one, when it happened, when it happened, it happened hard. So it is scary. We now know how critical the service and other AWS services that were impacted are to our customers. Their application, end users, and their businesses. We will do everything we can to learn from this event and use to improve our availability even further. Guys, we saw two patterns here. The first pattern is the Amazon Kinesis architecture, which is I still do not fully understand why it is a mesh in the front end at least where all these servers are talking to each other right they 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 fix that they they claim to they want to move the cache map of the shard to a serve to, to a different fleet to a different, different customer and have all these front end just talk to the fleet to obtain the cache because that's what we usually do right but they still are keeping the the one-to-one peer-to-peer communication between these front end and i do not know the answer to this and this article does not explain that i i am speculating it's a health it's like hey by the way i'm alive i'm alive i'm alive but do you really need to communicate to all surf just that you're alive doesn't make sense just their neighboring is enough again what uh the second thing is just the dependency on kinesis i mean if kinesis is so powerful that then yeah sure you can depend on on this cascade and it's it's very very simple for us to use a service but once the service start depending on other servers like we saw with with cloudwatch right cloudwatch depending on on kinesis and and and, uh some elastic i don't know what depends on cloudwatch which depends on kinesis and and their their health service depend their health status depends on cognito which kind of not really depends on on kinesis but it has this this metrics logging system that does in the background which creates a buffer which creates a memory contention lambda all of this stuff they have fixes for it but it's just i'm a little bit still worried about the architecture in the front end it's like the cold start of those front end and just adding and removing service is so slow they i think they need to do something about it that's the article guys that's my analysis that's to my two cents what do you guys think let me know in the comment section below were you affected by this outage and uh, what do you think about this architecture let me know in the comment section below i'm gonna see you on the next one you guys stay awesome goodbye